Welcome back, everybody, to the Aiden Davis Show. I'm your host, Aiden Davis. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Isaiah Johnson. What's up with you, Aiden? <laughs> Nothing much, sir. I'm glad that you could come out here and do this for me. He was my coach this year. He was the running backs coach. Uh, helped out a lot with the team. Led us to the second round of the playoffs. So today is just going to be a, an interview of him. Uh, anything that you would like to tell them first? Oh man, I'm just I'm just happy to be on this show, man. Help help to uh, support my guy. Of course, thank you, thank you. So uh, why don't you let the people know what position you played? So I played running back. Running back. Yeah. Uh, what schools did you go to? So the schools I went to, uh, coming out of high school from Rossview, I went to Moore Park Junior College in Southern California. Went up there and played in the Southern California Football Athletic Association. That's what it was called up there. And uh, from there, after I uh, did my two years there, I transferred out to Eastern Illinois. And that's where I went to go finish up school and finish up ball over there. All right. What records, if any, do you hold in? So I would say at Rossview, I hold all the rushing records, all the points, all the carries, like just every offensive record that they got up there at Rossview, I do hold all those records other than like the receiving, but even with one of the receiving records, I have the longest reception in Rossview history too, and one game that came against Kenwood, but uh, that's where the record stopped there, and uh, at Eastern Illinois, the only record I was able to get up there was, it's not actually a record, but like I was eighth all time in the single game rushing record, so it was be able to crack top 10 up there with that and that history. You're that on some official list, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did any of the guys you played in high school play D1 football? So uh, the only guys that played D1 football coming out of high school was Coach Irwin. Coach Irwin was the only one that, that played D1 for my class. And just from those four years of guys that I was with, that was, that was the only other guy besides me. Uh, so did any of them ever make it to any professional? Uh, like any anything that could be considered like a, a – a higher level than college football? Uh, so I wouldn't – at Rossview, it wouldn't be so much. But, like, at my junior college, I had a receiver named Aaron Lacombe. And uh, before he came to Moore Park and transferred over there, he was at Arizona Arizona State University or Arizona. I'm not sure which one it was. But, yeah, transferred over. And uh, from actually from Moore Park, he actually went to, like, a D3 called uh, Cal Lutheran. And uh, from there, he was able to, like, uh, at that time, Cal Lutheran had the Rams have, like, their uh, training facilities for that, uh, for, like, spring camp or whatever offseason that they had at the time. And, like, he actually got, like, an invitation to there and was with the Rams for a few weeks, a few months, honestly, and uh, before he got released. And kind of haven't kept up with him since. And then uh, had another player, both receivers, too, uh, the guy I played with, uh, Eastern Illinois. He was actually, like, top ten for, like, the offensive Heisman Award at um, at the FCS level, and uh, he definitely went on to go play. And uh, he originally got undrafted to the Vikings, and then uh, just this past off season he got uh, signed to the Browns practice squad. So he's sitting over there right now. And then um, another player from my junior college, his name was Jalen Burrell. He was a corner, super good corner, probably the best corner I ever played with. And uh, he uh, transferred to uh, New Mexico State after his two years there. And then uh, from New Mexico State, he ended up uh, getting a part of – he got a contract with the Toronto Agronauts up there in the CFL. And so we're kind of up there at the CFL together for a little minute. But, like, and that was the end of his path, I think. I think, but I, I'm not too sure yet with him. Uh, what made you pick running back? So originally growing up, man uh, – 
when I when I started playing football, uh, it was back in like middle school. I always played it during the little league and all that stuff, and this had me scattered out in all these other positions. But like whenever I got to middle school, the first uh, position they tried putting me at was a uh, receiver, and uh, I was playing receiver on varsity, and uh, the coaches they had to talk for me, asking if I was gonna come back next year, this and that. They saw that like I might be a better running back than like a receiver just because I can get the ball to my hands more. So, uh, so it was like my seventh grade year I was playing receiver, then eighth grade when when uh, went to running back and just been running back ever since. But what drew you to the game of football? So uh, I had two older brothers, man, and uh, Charles and Michael Johnson, and it's like they all played soccer, they did wrestling, they did baseball, they did basketball, and me being a little brother, I was always kind of being like the follower to them, you know, I always kind of wanted to like be better than them and do the same things that they did and. You know, and eventually this drew off to footballs where, where we kind of became the most competitive with it. The most friends that we had came from football, family members, everything. And football just, it was just a more of like a, I don't, I'm trying to find a word for it, but it was like, it just brought people together more than, than any of the other sports we played. Oh, what was the best college teammate in your opinion that you ever had? Uh, it would be that guy that, uh, Alexander Hollins, the guy that, um, Got drafted to the the Vikings and then went to the Browns this off season. Dude's just just a character, you know. He's from uh, like he's like right on the edge over there with Mississippi and that little Memphis line. Got that good little Southern black country kind of slang to him. Funny guy, super skinny guy. You wouldn't think he's the ball player that he is, but like it, it's truly the mind and the heart. And he's one of those guys that gives that example to it. But like he's just an all around good guy, good player, just hell of a funny guy. <laughs> Uh, what was it like being on campus uh, in college, being a football player? Oh, it was pretty nice, man. It's like you, you do get a, a good sense of, like, I like to call it football privilege, you know, since they like to talk about privilege in today's life and things with different scenarios. But uh, being on campus and being a D1 athlete, you do get a lot of football privilege, and uh, it's just – it's just nice, though. It's really nice. You're, you're always recognized. You're always getting nice treatment. People always want the best for you. You're always kind of just in your corner helping you succeed. What was the best college team you faced? Uh, the best college team I faced would be between Northern Illinois University and Arkansas. And I definitely had to go with the SEC in Arkansas. And uh, ironically, that was like the, uh, one of the worst games I had. Coming in, uh, they, we had them week one, and it was like one of those little charity games, you know, those small schools, big schools. And uh, we went up there, and we're actually, like, competing against them pretty well. And the receiver that I'm talking about, Alexander Hollins, he actually had three receiving touchdowns on them. And it was, like, a big, big deal, and it really put them on the map and kind of just put our whole team on the map. And we really started bringing in, like, some NFL scouts coming in from there after that. It was, like, the next week we had, like, the Cardinals come by. And, and it was just, you know, it was a lot of things I was just, like, a surreal kind of moment, and uh, he was a definitely a big part of that. But um, I would definitely say he was he was the best teammate that I had, record wise, stat wise, and and just overall being a human too. Like he just he he did everything right. What was the best college game that you had? Uh, I would probably say what was it, it was Murray State, and it was Murray State, and it was a big game for me too. It was a big bounce back game. Because, honestly, uh, we went down to uh, Tennessee Tech. No, they came to us. Tennessee Tech came to us the week before. And, like, I had, like, a hurt hamstring, and I was splitting carries and, like, kind of, like, trying to manage the load. And um, just it was just, like, a bad game for me. I remember we came down to, like, the fourth quarter. 
probably had like 20 something yards at the time. And uh, we were just trying to like chew the clock out. We're a four minute offense, grabbed the ball, fumbled it, and went back like 15, 20 something yards. And I honestly ended the game with like negative one rushing yards, right? So it was like a big letdown game for me. And then like the next game, I was like, I, I gotta come back. I gotta show these guys like I am Isaiah Johnson, right? And uh, came out and that was the game that I posted the eighth, the the eighth uh, single game rushing record. Do you know that number? It was two hundred and thirty nine yards. How many touchdowns did you have that day? One. One. Crazy. <laughs> I got a couple stolen from me, man, but it's it's part of the game. Uh, when did you realize that you were one of the top athletes in the nation to really compete at at, at any pro level? Uh, it was just uh, it was coming up in high school, and I think. Uh, so like at the time it was my freshman year, my brother was the senior and uh he was he was the superstar on the team, but like the team wasn't really too too great at the time. They're like a one and nine, two and eight team. Normally how Red School is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're uh they're definitely a bit crippled down over there. My brother, he was like the the main guy and uh he had hurt his ankle against Henry County and at the time Henry County was still like number one in the state my freshman year. And uh and granted, they had, like, some backups in at the end of the game and yada, yada, yada. But it was kind of like the, the sparky moment for me with the people locally and all that stuff. Because uh, when Charles went out, they put me in. And that was the first start I got against the end. Uh, yeah, that was the first start I got my freshman year since uh, starting against Coach Shelby, actually, whenever he had Jalen Rees-Maven. Uh, that was originally my first start. But um, it really started to, like, unwind for me a little bit. People started, like, noticing me a little bit because it was, like, my first two carries I had scored a touchdown. But we are like, 25, 30 yards out from Henry County. But it was, like, I had to reverse fields, you know, make make a couple of things shake. And it was just – it was exciting for the people and, and all that. And it kind of just fell into the hype that I already had just from winning the middle school championship with those guys, too. So it kind of started from there. And then junior year broke the record – well, really broke the record my sophomore year and the rushing record then. And uh, my junior year, uh, I was able to get, like, top three in the state. And uh, I was up there with guys like Keyshawn Vaughn, and he actually signed to Vanderbilt, too. And uh, he was up there. He's actually on the Buccaneers right now. He's on the Buccaneers. And uh, it was one other guy, but uh, he, he had played at uh, – I can't think of the school. It was like one of those, like, corn page or something like that, something like that. But I couldn't exactly remember, like, those schools' names. But, like, they started putting me in the top of those guys. And, like, I really started getting, like, some recruiting calls coming down, guys stopping by. And it's like – and it was just, like, people kind of, like, knew and had, like, the Leaf Chronicle posting all that hype stuff. And it was just getting my name out there. But, like, people knew, like, I was a good football player. But, like, I think a big part of it that, like, really, like, put me on the map was, like, at the time it was, like, week seven or week six. And – uh my junior year, we actually, like, were leading the state. We're the number one state, like, number one team in the state with the offense at the time. And, like, so it was, like, and I was the biggest factor of it. Uh, try not to selfishly speak about it. But, like, you know, it is what it is. And, like, so I started getting, like, all kinds of recognition from that. And it just kept building up and up and up. Well, you say you would get you would get the ball about 70% of the plays. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not 100%, but, yeah. yeah like, Pretty high number? Uh-huh, yeah. I, I would definitely touch the rock 20 to 25 times a game, for sure. That's a lot for a high school. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, did you ever play uh, defense in high school, or was it purely offense? 
So uh, I played a little bit of defense in JV and actually recorded two or three interceptions. And, uh, and that was about it. And uh, I played, the only other time I played uh, played defense was uh, my senior year against Clarksville High, honestly. And it was just like my coach trying to like showboat a little bit because like I never played defense at all. And he just like threw me in there at linebacker. and was just like, go play defense, you know, just play football. Uh, were you invited to the NFL Combine? Uh, I was not invited to the NFL Combine, but like I was invited to like the NFL um, NFLPA like draft party or whatever that they had in Nashville at the time whenever it was up there. And um, but like for us, like coming out of like with the small schools and all that stuff, so like the biggest schools like in Illinois is like the University of Illinois, Northwestern, and um, Northern Illinois University. And so like what they did. Uh, it was going to be, like, between, like, one of those three schools that they would, like, bring in, like, a mass majority of, like, the players from, like, all the small schools. And now Northwestern is uh, where it happened. And they had brought in, like, 150 of us. And uh, they are telling us that it wouldn't be guaranteed. They said that they were going to break down that group of 150 to, like, 25, 30 after, like, we do our 40 times. And uh, after we got down and did our 40 times um, – was able to get the call back and like me along like my other uh, team Alexander Hollins were the only two guys from the seven eight guys that came from like our school to like attempt it and uh we're the only two that got the call back and got the stay and then like we just finished up the workouts with uh, the other northwestern guys so you never had your own pro day no I didn't yeah that was pretty much it right there I mean they kind of did it though like they would do their own pro days and they could set it up but at the same time it's like it, it was better to do it with like those amount of people, those amount of scouts, because those bringing in all 32 teams over there versus bringing in, like, maybe, like, two or three guys just to, like, come watch your, your own pro day. So, uh, normally the draft is three days. Yeah. Tell me what that three-day experience was like for you. What's going on in your head? Oh, man, it was crazy because uh, it was, like, originally, like, my agent, he was telling me that we got these uh, we got these backup looks already. He was telling me, like, he said we got uh we got like multiple teams already talking. I was talking to Seattle, I was talking to Dallas, I had to fill out questionnaires for the Jets and Miami and all these guys. It was really like a lot of teams that are like reaching out and like coming and just like asking for questionnaires, trying to get these background checks on you and all this stuff. And it was like honestly the Browns, they sent my high school, they sent my high school linebacker coach, you know, and they'll just find anybody that they can find. You know, just anybody that like you know, they're not looking for, like, the guy that you're, like, closest with, but, like, somebody that you knew that was a part of your program, but, like, you know. Know your work. Uh-huh, yeah, but, like, can get, like, an honest answer from somebody that's not going to sugarcoat it. And, like, they uh, reached out to my uh, linebacker coach at Rossview and did that. But um, what was the question again? What was he getting at? <laughs> Uh, what was that, that process like for you? Yeah, so, yeah, those, those little three draft days, though, uh, it was – it was, it was a little entertaining because, like, my agent at the time, after all that, uh, he was telling me, like, um, he was like, you actually might have a shot again drafted, like, in the late rounds of, like, fifth, sixth, seventh round. And I was like, okay. Like, it was kind of, like, exciting. But, like, we already, like, he was already telling me that, like, um, the Bills wanted to bring me in as, like, a priority free agent if, like, if I wasn't to, like, get picked up. And uh, so just, like, going through those draft days, I knew I wasn't going to go through, like, first or third and then, like, whenever the fourth and fifth round started coming up and, like, starting to see, like, those running back stats and, like, those guys getting picked up, I'm like, okay, now we're starting to starting to get in my range of, of, of where I could get uh, picked up at. And uh, I think it was, like, the fifth round. 
And it was so ironic. Uh, it was like an Isaiah Johnson got drafted, but it was a cornerback from uh, Houston. Uh, and he got uh, drafted to the Raiders. I remember my strength coach had texted me, and he was just like, he's like, yeah, that's a, that's an MF right there. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, you, you went through that. It's like one of those little, like, processes where you can't, like, can't, like, stress yourself out too much on it. You know, like, God's going to, like, steer whatever path that he's going to steer for you. And, um, you know, at the end of the draft, you know, I was kind of, like, disappointed. But at the same time, like, I knew, like, we had these other looks. Like, it didn't matter. I, I was just, I was in a position, as long as I get the shot, the opportunity to, to just even, like, taste it, you know, to get a chance to just show these guys, then I'm fine with it. I didn't care about the draft order or nothing like that. What team do you think was the closest to pulling the trigger on drafting you? Uh, one more time. What team do you think was the closest to pulling the trigger to draft you? Uh, honestly, I was thinking it was going to be the Browns. Like, I really, because, like, that was the one team at my pro day. Because they had all 32 teams there. And, like, at the whole end of the whole pro day at Northwestern, um, the Browns, uh, it was the Brown scout. And, uh, yeah, pulled me, pulled me, um, pulled me to him after the workouts and made me do some more workouts with him and this and that. And I was telling him, and. Actually, during that workout, I had, like, pulled my hamstring, too, like, on my second 40. Ooh. And, like, I wanted to, like, tap out of, like, the whole pro day because I didn't want to, like, you know, give these guys, like, a like a, a time that's not, like, my time. And uh, they are just, like, I was kind of telling them about it. But, like, it's such a business at that point, And there's so many guys that can do what you can do. And they're just – I could get the vibes that they're just going to write me off if I was going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, like, run this or do that. So, like, I still continue to do it whatever and I told the scout about it and like he was all understanding about it pulled me away afterwards and continued to do some more drills and all stuff all kinds of little stuff and he was kind of like catering to my hamstring too he was just telling me not to like push it too much but like you know we want to see a little more and did that and uh we continued to stay in touch with those guys and that's what was so surprising about the Bills because like the Browns honestly I didn't talk to the Browns as much as I talked to any of the other teams and they were just the ones to just you know, give me the most attention at that time, and then it was just the Bills that brought me in. What what drew you to the Bills? Oh man, it was just that the, the, their whole culture. You know, their fan base. I, I like their Bills fan Mafia. base. Uh, I, I think they got like a top three, top five fan base up there. You know, kind of got a good little history of running backs. It was just, you know, I never kind of looked at, at at the Bills like that too much. But like whenever I went up there and just like kind of understood their culture a little more, you kind of just got bought in with it. And it was just, it was really a nice just area, a nice coaching staff. Everybody was super, super convenient to you over there. And um, it was just, the more I got there, the more I learned and understood and respected the guys in there. Um, it was just like, damn, like it was like another surreal moment because like one of the coaches that won the championship with Bama back in like 2014, 2015, Brian DeBall, he was the offensive, he's the offensive coordinator with the Bills. He was actually on staff with Bama too, working with their offense at the time too. So it's just like, man, you're around like all these kind of like greats. Guys you've seen on TV yeah, for the past just, couple of years. Yeah. Did you grow up liking a certain team? Uh, So like me, I always was like a Brady guy. I was like uh. Brady and the Patriots, I was a big little bandwagoner probably whenever I was little. You know, I never really had a favorite team until this year. It was like Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. And, like, that's why I'm so excited about them because, like, it truly is, like, my first, like, favorite, like, team, like, in any sport. Like, you know, I wasn't, like – I couldn't say, like, the Memphis Grizzlies was, like, my favorite basketball team or, like, the Tennessee Titans was, like, my favorite team. And, you know, I can't really say, like, the New England Patriots whenever they're going on their Super Bowl runs. Like, you know, it's easy to, like, like – the, the winning guys, you know, and 
So that's why I take pride in the Jaguars because I know they're starting from the bottom and like I truly believe they could build it up too. But uh, I would say like if I had to pick any teams back in the day that was like my favorite would probably be USC, USC college football, Reggie Bush at that time. That's my favorite athlete of all time and uh, Tom Brady and with them Patriots. So how fast after the draft process? Because you obviously went undrafted. How mm-hmm. fast are teams calling you? Oh, uh, they called. Uh, it was like a day or two afterwards. It was like really quick afterwards, and then like that next week, you're getting you're getting the plane ticket bought out for you to go uh, go to camp. What, were the was it only the Bills that called you for practice squad? Uh huh. It was only the Bills, and like after the after the Bills, um, the running back coach he said he had had connections and all this kind of stuff, and you know, just being a nice guy, he was really like wanting to stick his hand out for me and uh, make sure like I was putting myself in a position to have, like, another chance because I could tell he wanted to give me a chance, but it's just, it's such a business at that point and, so, like, so much politics kind of go into it that, like, still I'm trying to learn and understand. And, um, but, like, you know, that was, like, that was just, like, the only, like, NFL option that I had after the Bills. And then um, from there we just went straight to, like, the Canadian Football League. with that, the, that brings you right into it. What team were you on? Oh, uh, the Red Blacks, the Ottawa Red Blacks Ottawa in Red Ontario. Blacks. Uh, how were you living in Canada at the time? Did you have to get dual citizenship? How did that work for you? Yeah, so like going to Canada was like so. Get on the airplane, get off in in Canada. Uh, they already like so like the team, the their player personnel coach. Uh, he like sends out like all this little citizens paper shift and all that kind of stuff, and it's like you have to like go up to the airport, and once you land, like you have to go through like this little like citizenship area and it was kind of like you know it, it kind of like maybe like feel like it, it brought me another understanding of just like minorities and how they have to like go through that process and how like to the southern border uh-huh yeah and just like how difficult like that could truly be for somebody like not as like privileged as a professional athlete at the time like going over because it was just like it was it was a bit of a difficult process and it took like an hour or two just to like get all that paperwork finalized and like pushed over but like as soon as it happened though it was kind of like a simple process due to the fact that you know I got these high paid organizations already gotten all that stuff figured out you know so it was just did that they uh and it's like they had to like do like another little paperwork thing talking about like because you had to be over there working if you're going to be over there and that was like a part of it too and it was like me playing ball over there was like my work so like that whole process it was just like it was like kind of like a growing up process, you know, just like realizing more, learning more, seeing how things are, just in the, even in another country. But um, from there, I did that, and uh, it was just smooth selling, selling from there. So how how different is the uh, the uh, American football as like the United States compared to Canadian football? Uh, I'll say it's it's so much different in terms of talent. I know they have a, a bit of a wider field. Uh-huh, yeah, it's a little spaced out. Did Did you prefer that? Oh, uh, I mean, as, a, as an offensive guy, yeah. As, for sure, as an offensive guy. Sure, if you're a sideline corner, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah uh-huh, yeah. It's so, it's so much harder on defensive guys in, uh, in the CFL, from, in my opinion. You know, just just from, like, the motions that these guys have and how much space that they have on the field. Like, these receivers can really get, like, a running start, you know? get like a 10, 20 yard head start to like run a vertical or to run a comeback in like fake a vertical. And it just, it, it's just throwing the DBs all the way off. Cause like, you know, it's just hard to catch up with that momentum and all that kind of stuff. And 
And it's like the offensive guys, they're able to just move around so much, so freely, like on the field, almost like almost like a defense can, like what we do here in America. And, uh, you know, I think that was just like the biggest thing for me. It was just like all the motions and like all the things that went to like the pre-snaps of the plays before like even doing anything. It was just knowing where to line up because like these guys are just like, I'm over here trying to watch a running back and like he's in the slot, but he's just like in a slot all by himself, not because, like, the player required him to be there or, like, the coach told him to be there, but, like, he can just do that himself and just, like, fool around it before he goes to his, like, original position. And it's, like, you get no whistle for it or nothing. Like, so you can just – it's just, like, a free game out there in a sense. Oh, so that was, that was probably the biggest surprise for you? Uh-huh, How yeah. huge the field is. And, like, do they teach football differently there? Uh-huh, yeah. It was definitely taught differently, too. It was – you know, from there, like, with them in the Arena League, uh, especially, like, you know, the styles of football is just, like, different. Uh, with the Arena League, too, it was, like, a 707. And, like, it was, like, a lot of the rules are kind of, like, cheated. Like, all the things that you'll hear here, like, at high school or at the college level or just, like, regular football, like, a lot of the rules kind of, like, go out the window and, and just things that you, like, naturally do or, like, coaches will want you to do. Like, it really just goes out the window. So it kind of, like throws you off a little bit because I'm like a perfectionist with it you know I always like to be in the right spots this and that but it, it can definitely like throw you off a little bit and um but with like the CFL too it was just you know it, it was very similar but at the same time like once everything like once you figured out like all the pre-snap movements and all that stuff and you know it really got simple and it was just back to like the simplistics of football how did you adjust personally like how, how did you find the way to adjust to a different style of football oh man it was it was just film it was just truly just film and uh that and honestly i just feel like a natural with it you know a lot of the a lot of the things i did in football it's hard to even like try to like coach in a sense because it's just like you just have to like show them and that's like the biggest thing with me even just being as a coach and like just being hands-on I like to like just show players more than like trying to like coach them up to doing it and and just like watching how I move to do it and like another player could like move to that same spot and get to that same point with like different movements because everybody's a different kind of guy a player or has this different kind of style just like moves different you know so I don't ever like want to just like be like too coachable with like that kind of stuff but like you know it's just it's just all about just like adjusting, just figuring out like how you are with like certain kind of movements. Would you say that it's harder in the NFL as an offensive player? hundred percent, hundred percent. Because at least here in America, yeah. the last like five years or so, the NFL has become more of a an offensive driven league. Mm -hmm. But it seems as if the Canadian Football League has always been an offensive league. Is yeah, correct. hundred percent. It's just like it, it really does cater towards them more. You know. Yeah, like, it, honestly, if the guys in the NFL was able to have, like, those, like, pre-snap, like, movements and, like, just things that they could do, like, that they do in the CFL, like, and they could do that in the NFL, it would, it would be crazy. Like, as much as, like, the game is kind of involved from just running the ball, running the ball to throwing it and running it, not just throwing it, throwing it, throwing it kind of thing, it, it would always just be throwing it because it would just, those guys would be at such a disadvantage with the athletes we got here. Do you think that American prospects – uh, going to the Canadian Football League, are they uh, uh, are they considered like higher level prospects than people who are were made in Canada? They played Canadian football their entire life. Mm -hmm. Are they more would would a coach prefer a Canadian football player or would he prefer an ex NFL player? I would one hundred percent side with like ex NFL player. 
and just from my, my personal experiences of going up there. So it's like a rule for the the amount of American players they can have on a team. And that's what kind of like led to like my release at the time. Because like whenever I got brought in up there around like week 13 or 12, uh, it was like already like four guys, like four American guys on the team. And that brought in like five or six of us. And I think you're only allowed to have like eight, like eight or seven. And, uh, you know, and this is just like that alone right there should just tell you like how much they kind of like magnify like American players, you know. You can't just like overload a team with like American talent. And the best players on the team and the guys that are breaking records up there and still breaking a record. He just broke one just last week, uh, a receiver from um, – he played ball somewhere down in uh, at some college in Texas. So I'm not too sure, but like he was like their superstar up there whenever I was up there two years ago. And then I turn on the TV and he's still up there, just like breaking the record just like two weeks ago. And it's like, like and like that's the star guy over there. So and he's a American guy. It's like all the best playmakers that like I seen personally were just like American football players. The guys that had like that different talent level was just American football players. Would you say that you preferred the Canadian Football League over the NFL? For my uh, situation and, like, with me and, uh, you know, and just, like, kind of just being, like, I would say ahead of the game mentally with just, like, how, like, the business kind of works, especially with, like, the running backs. You know, uh, we have the shortest, like, longevity in the NFL among, like, any position group. This due to, like, just the beatings and the injuries and, whatever that and like with the payments and you know like they it, it's smart and like I do agree with it and how they like handle it and I honestly think the running back market is going to drop down a little more after like we've seen some of these top guys get injured like the Derrick Henry's and Christian McCaffrey's and the Nick Chubb he got banged up a little bit but he's like back but like you know like and Alvin Kamara like you know like a lot of these top high paid guys at the running back position like we do take a good beating and like it just you know, it's an investment, and it's like you can really find another guy to, like, run the ball just as hard, whatever. But that's kind of, like, off the topic a little bit. But um, what was the question again one more time? Uh, well, anyways, that leads me right into it. Like, yeah. it seems as if uh, NFL players, you can draft a running back every yeah. four years after their rookie mm-hmm. contract's done. Yeah. And if they are good, it's not it's not considered a, a smart front office move for you to sign them for $15 million a year because mm-hmm. of their – injury issues would you say that uh like when did you really start to feel your playing decline because of just taking a beat in your entire career yeah uh it's and it's like 100 percent, man it's like i was telling myself and it's like it makes you want to take your diet and nutrition a little bit more serious because i was like you know I, i am getting a little banged up and i really did have the mindset of like and it's like honestly dude and uh and it's like i do remember that question now and it's like i did prefer the cfl over the nfl for my for my specific situation about just leaving a legacy, the the money and how guaranteed it'll be with the CFL versus like the NFL, you know, Adrian Peterson signs a contract, you know, and gets released like the next 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 week or so, you know, and it's like I always kind of like have that in the back of my mind too, and I'm a realist too about it, you know, like I understand like I'm a hell of a good football player, but there truly is a lot of a lot of good football players out there in this world that can do your job at uh especially at the running back position. It's not like such a, like a workhorse mentality kind of game now. It's like a lot of splitting carries and this and that. And and uh, just like my experience with the Bills, you know, it kind of like opened up my eyes more about how like how, how politics can kind of get into it. And like I just felt like 
I was good enough to be in the NFL, playing the NFL, and maybe do like a few years at most. You know, I probably would have got through that first contract, and then maybe like, you know, that second contract. That's it's those are the superstars. You know, and it's not, I'm not saying like I wouldn't have been able to get like the second contract, but like it wouldn't have been like something major. It would have probably been like close to like the minimum at the most. But like with the CFL, like I I knew I could start over there. You know, I knew I could like start at the CFL opposed to just like splitting carries or playing special teams in the NFL. And it's like I knew that like my check would be like more guaranteed. And like I knew that like, you know, it was like a six figure pay, you know, you don't got to be rich to be rich. You know what I mean? And that's a really good pay. And, uh, and I'm a simple guy, and I'm just like, hey, man, I'll, I'll take that and, like, leave a better legacy here. You know, I thought, like, it was just the talent level over there, the rules and, like, the spacings and just, like, it was just, you know, and just the level of the, yeah, just the talent level of those athletes, man. You can really, like, tell the difference. And, like, I knew, like, my body would be able to physically take on the beating at that level versus, like, the beating at this level. Would you, is there, like, a Players Association in Canada? Oh, uh, there is actually. Were yeah. you active in it? Oh, uh, I was not. I was not. I think it was like going to be like coming up like the next year or something like that. They had sent an email about it. And then uh, it was honestly kind of like cool because it was just like that with the CFL, like not being like super big time, just like, oh, like million dollar contracts to these guys and this and that. But uh, like with the Players Association that they had up there, uh, one of the emails that I clicked on, they actually had like a lot of like little side jobs too like for like the guys too like after like the seasons ended if they wanted to like take it on like for the guys that I guess that aren't making as much as like the guys that are like starting or or American players and which is crazy too because like even going there there's a guy in a running back room that was there for like two or three years and I was coming in there as a rookie and I was already making more than what he was and I thought it was just solely based off, like, me just being, like, an American player and, like, how they just kind of magnify that salary towards us. You have a sort of prestige to uh-huh. – you're considered, like, a, a five-star prospect, yeah. prospect to them. Mm-hmm. Would you say that uh, you left a legacy in the Canadian Football League? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say so much. I wouldn't say that I got to, like, leave the legacy that, like, I wanted to, like, professionally, like, not at all. But it wasn't about, like – the whole like legacy point for it because like I feel like my legacy was already like being built up to like the whole grind of just getting there and like tasting it and giving like and just giving giving motivation to the kids locally from the cities that I was at and from the junior colleges that I went to because like that's what it's all about it's just you know these 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 high school kids having hope that like oh like this guy did that and and he's like this, and he's this normal of a guy, you know? And, and like, I, I take pride in just trying to be normal and down to earth and just as much as, like, you know, as my players as, like, as like as I can be. So, like, they, they know that, like, I'm nothing, like, different, you know? Like, going up there through the, with the Bills and stuff like that, it was just, and seeing the first round of draft picking Ed Oliver, you know, I'm looking at him, I'm like, you know, like, these guys aren't superhumans, you know? Like, you everything's like normal like these guys aren't like hitting me harder than what like I've been hit or whatever like everything kind of just moves up at the same time but um I think like as a legacy point though like if you really like look at my story and like how it went and and just like that's what makes me so big and that's what made me so set on coaching because like honestly if God wanted me to keep on playing football he would have definitely like let me keep playing football you know and it was I would like to say I was, like, done dirty and kind of wasn't, like, giving, like, that fair chance and, like, 
but like at the same time, like it, it really was like a blessing in disguise with just through everything that like I experienced, you know, and coming out of high school, top three guy in the state at the position there, tried giving me Mr. Football, it's top 10 for Mr. Football. But like, I wasn't able to go to like those big schools, like a Notre Dame and like they had sent me like a little scholarship they wanted to offer me, but like, I just didn't have the grades for it. So I had to like go to like the junior college and like, you know, being the top guy in the state, this guy that everybody just knows, like everybody knew I was the best player in Clarksville. And to like have to go play at the bottom of the borough of like college football, you know, it's like. You felt disrespected? Uh-huh, yeah. But it was like, it wasn't like a disrespected kind of thing because it was like, like I did that to myself just being so focused on football and not like worrying about the grades, thinking that, oh, like you didn't need the grades to like do whatever. Like if you're this good, you'll get to that level, you know. And I was just kind of like young and like stupid. It was just like very much like a jock mentality towards it and and it was just like all football and then ran into that reality of going to like a junior college and you know and it's like like that that's that's below d3 the below d2 below d1 below the naia like it's really at the bottom of the barrel and it's like and you get other athletes coming from like d1 schools that are like whether they messed up or this and that and like so it's like it's like you get like these criminals, <laughs> you know. It's like you get like these. It's like you get. It's like you really get like these criminals that are like trying to like people you've fi- seen in the headlines. Uh huh. Yeah, that are trying to like fix their football lives, and it's like it's truly like a grind getting it up out there because like it's no scholarships and nothing like that, and it's like nothing's guaranteed. Like you can, you know, I could have tore my ACL at the junior college level, and that would have been it, and that would have been. You know, it for like my legacy, like my name, Isaiah Johnson. Like he just, he didn't have the grades. He went to like, he went to Ross. He was really good at Ross. He didn't have the grades, and and his football career stopped at a junior college where he was so much better than right. And uh, but like being able to like break through that junior college level, you know, and and get first team up there, and then like take that on to like to Eastern Illinois, and get like first team up there, and like to be able to take that to the NFL. You know, and being able to like actually just like be in a billion dollar organization like you're like you're in camp with these guys looking at Josh Allen to be able to like play at the bottom of the burrow and like grind it all the way back up. Like, it came with so many like lessons of just like the requirements of grades that these like athletes would need the, the, the looks and the way that the recruitment goes and all this kind of stuff. And it was like it was like a big internship for me with football. The, just the business aspects of football and just like everything that goes on like off the field and uh it was it was very eye-opening and matured me a lot in the game do you remember your gpa in high school uh it was probably like i think it was like like a two like a two three or two four at the time and uh i remember i was talking to like a vanderbilt recruiter too because they had wanted to offer me too and uh and like i was i was remember like i like got his messages still and i was showing uh amari too just like like that's that's why grades are like serious. I was showing like I was showing it to Amari, and um, yeah, like I was showing them my grades, my GPA. I was always keeping them up to date, like week after week after week. Ever since like they showed interest, because I was like, man, like I, like that's SEC. Like let's do it. I was like Vanderbilt. You get that Vanderbilt on your resume and some SEC football. Like life set for you, All right? And um. And he was telling me at the time I was supposed to get like a like a twenty four or twenty five like on the ACT. And I was only able to get like a 22. So like, and I was just like that point with it, kept trying it again, kept trying it again, could never get past like that, that 22 with it. And then, uh, 
I was just like, man, I started looking into these junior colleges and uh, reached out to actually one of Coach Shelby's players in Warwick Marsh, one of his best players who went to a junior college at the time. He was the only athlete that I, that I knew that, like, took that route at the time. And uh, he gave me some good insights on it. And I was like, all right, I mean, that's that's what I'm going to have to do then. And uh started doing, like, my own research for the school. And I saw that they got some guys out. And me being the confident football player I am, I'm like, if they got him out, <laughs> they could for sure get me out. And and that's just the, the route I took. Do you do you keep in contact with any of your former teammates? Mm-hmm. I keep in contact with all of them, man. It's, it's crazy. Like, literally all of them. Them, all the coaches. It's like, it's so much love with all those guys, you know, and, and being a captain for all those teams, you know, like you really do build those long life relationships that just, that just keep going on, man. And it's like, uh, I could call those guys up right now and I know they'll probably answer. So have you officially hung up the cleats? Uh, in respect of like Coach Shelby, Coach Irwin and Coach Sickle reaching their hand out for me after I was released from the Arena Football League in Texas. Um, and just like, and just getting this other passion of just like football. Like I knew football was always going to be in my life and I knew I was going to have to hang them up at some point, but it's like, uh, I, I could never say that like, I'm, I'm fully like completely like hung up the cleats, but like, I'm definitely like not like gearing myself to like play football like that. But like if, if the opportunity came by and it had to be like a good opportunity, I, I would probably take it. But like. From my experience, man, like I, I get more joy and I feel more good as like a person and get more integrity out of the game, being able to just like pass along the knowledge to like these younger kids like you guys and just like this high school team. Like I really want to get involved with the youth and just like show them the rights and wrongs and like what I did and what I didn't do and what you can do to do better and this and that. Like I just want all these guys to be better than what I did or put themselves in a better situation and and that's what I love about it over here at Clarksville High is that like Coach Shelby really does have like a good foundation for you guys to naturally just be in a better situation and start adding a little bit more things to it like me and kind of like get all this attention like it, it could really be like a like a good thing going on. What would what advice would you have for like a high school player? To, who has aspirations to play professional? What advice from you going through from all the way to the bottom to just about any, anything you can think of with football? What advice would you give them? Man, uh, my, my, my advice, man, would just to be, you know, always, always truly like listen to yourself and respect other people's opinions, right? Because you're going to have all these other people that that aren't playing football no more or didn't play football as good as you, or whatever the case may be to where you think that you're thinking something better than, like, you know, you, I think a lot of young people kind of tend to think, like, you know, they kind of, like, re- disrespect, like, the older people's minds in the sense that, like, you know, I would say, like, with Coach Shelby, hell of a lot better football player than Coach Shelby, you know, but, like, that dude's levels ahead of, like, the X's and O's with me, you know. And I can't think that, oh, since I was a better football player than Coach Shelby, that, like, I think I'll call for better play against him or something like that. And it's, like, that's not the case. And it's, like, and it's, like, and, like, that example's been shown to me, like, week in and week out, you know, just, like, learning under him kind of thing. And it's, like, you know, and I think, like, a lot of good football players, guys that do have those aspirations, they kind of get a little cocky mentally and kind of just, like, you know, you got to value everybody's opinions and value everybody's thoughts. You don't have to take it to heart or, like, 
fully listen it in, you know what I mean? I'm hard-headed as they, as they come, you know? Like, I really didn't, like... I, I listened to people and respected people, but like, I knew deep down inside, like, this is, like, my life, this is my decision, and I have to do, like, what I think is, like, best for me. And it's like, you do kind of got to get a little selfish with it, but at the same time, you you do got to, like, humbly, like, value people's opinions that are close to you that do want you to succeed, like your coaches and family. What type of uh, running back would you compare yourself to? Oh, man, so... Hmm. Like, what would your mold hmm. be? Hmm. Oh, mold. I'm trying to think of a guy that's, that's like, convenient. You know, uh... Were you more of a, a power back? You know, and and that, and that was like a sense of like my game too, and like and that's what like required. That was what was required for me from like my offensive schemes was always to be like a power back, just a balanced kind of back. I never had to like catch too much. I didn't have to do like too many like receptions or nothing like that. And it's like all oh, it's kind of like once like model like my game around like 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 a Joe Mixon. Uh, I wanted to be like a Christian McCaffrey in a sense, but like you know that dude's a hell of a lot better receiver out the backfield than. Than I could ever be kind of probably the best like, in the NFL right uh-huh, now. Yeah, like him and like Malvin Kamara. But like you know, I was always like, I'll probably say like a Matt Forte. Like a he was like a nice one cut kind of guy. He was like at the time when he was with the Bears, I remember there was like a statistic that he was like seventy percent of their offense, and that's kind of like how it was with like me. I was like seventy percent of the offense, and you know he would be required to catch the ball in some cases and stuff like that. But like overall, he was just like a one-cut scheme, downhill kind of guy, and that's kind of how I was. And, you know, I just like to keep it nice and simple. I don't like to get get too cute, you know, just, like, look at the other men across the ball and just and just go beat them. Those early 2010 running backs don't get a lot of a lot of appreciation for what they should have. No, nah, no, nah, no. I haven't heard Matt Forte's name in a whole <laughs> long time. Yeah. Which, what was last year's on the Jets? Uh-huh, it was the Jets, too. I think that's where you, I think that's where you finished off as with the Jets. Well, Coach Ajay, I appreciate you doing this for me. No, I appreciate you, man. Hopefully that I can do this again sometime in the future. No, for sure. As long as I'm here, you always, I'm always available for you, man. All right. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to this episode of The Aaron Davis Show. Again, this was Coach Isaiah or Isaiah Johnson, legendary running back in the city of Clarksville. Played all, almost anywhere that you could have think of at any level. Please make sure to leave the uh, podcast a follow, turn notifications on, and have a great rest of your day.